Hi, and welcome to WEC. WEC stands for Women in Ethics and Compliance Global, and we are an international professional organization where our mission is to empower women in their personal and professional goals with a focus on ethics and compliance. We do this by providing a community where women come to share experiences, learn from each other, and grow professionally. We're dedicated to fostering a culture of ethics, integrity, and compliance in all aspects of life, with a focus on women's mental health, legal rights, and professional development. We are an inclusive organization where men and others are also encouraged to join us and become a friend of WEC. I am your host today, Gina Green, and I want to introduce our guest. Our guest comes from across the waters and her name is Nabila Begum. Nabila is a graduate of the University of Warwick with a law degree, a diploma in international financial regulation, and a diploma in anti-money laundering from the International Compliance Association. She has a wealth of industry and consulting experience. And her client coverage includes leading financial services, providing services including legal and accounting, art market, and real estate. Nabila has proven cap capability of successfully leading and delivering complex and regulatory critical programs, as well as providing advisory services specifically in relation to financial crime compliance. Nabila is a guest lecturer at the University of Warwick on the topics of anti-money laundering and regulations. She also is the proud owner of Risk AML. It is a cloud-based business-wide risk assessment platform that helps firms to accurately, efficiently, and securely assess their inherited risk. They also mitigate controls and remain residual risk to ensure effective management of AML risk exposure. At some point in her career, she was a, 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 um, a, um, she, <laughs> at some point in her career, she was an employee of several different companies, but then she decided to branch out on her own, as I mentioned, with Riskus AML. Nabila, can you just take a minute? Thank you for coming today. We welcome you. And can you just tell us what made you jump off into your own independent work? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, I think I really made the, the decision to move from being an employee in consulting to doing my own thing and building a tech business um, because I thought every day I was seeing and I was working with clients, they were they were really having trouble um, with compliance. It was too expensive. It was too difficult, too time consuming. And I just thought there should be able to make this easier for everyone. And compliance needs to be accessible to everyone. And the way to do that is via tech. So that's why I kind of came together with my co-founder and we decided to build Risk AML. Um, and we're backed by Techstars. Um, so we're currently going through the Techstars program are really building out our product and really trying to achieve the goal that we set out all those months ago, which is to make compliance accessible, to make it easier and more efficient to be compliant. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I love that idea and, and much success. Wish for you guys on this. You know, we, we wanted to spend a few minutes also today to talk because I'm located in the U.S. And there's a lot of us here that have a little bit of... Um, 
questions with regards to AML, and this is something that you're a specialty in. So we're familiar with some of the AML regulations, but we'd like to know from you, what would be a good um, overview when we're talking about UK AML, legislative or or regulatory uh, laws in effect? Can you help to navigate us in that UK AML landscape? Yes, of course. So the AML landscape in the UK is quite vast and it's difficult sometimes to navigate. We have, I guess, three core parts of our infrastructure. We have primary legislation, secondary legislation, and then our industry guidance, which is which all of them together are equally as important. To take primary legislation to begin with, primarily in the UK, the ones to focus on and be aware of are the Trophies of Crime Act, the Criminal Finances Act, and also the Terrorism Act. Mm. I, I think those three are the core elements of the primary legislation in the anti-money laundering space. Mm-hmm. We then move to the secondary legislation, and this is where our regula- regulations come into play. And the biggest one by far is the money laundering and terrorist financing regulations, um, 2017, that have been updated um, several times since then. But they really form the core part of the AML infrastructure and the rules that need to be followed in the UK. Mm-hmm. And then to supplement the primary and secondary legislation, there's really good industry guidance. So it does depend on what industry you are in. But if you're in the financial services industry, by far the biggest guidance is the Joint Money and Laundering Steering Group guidance. And there are three parts, and it's a big read. Um, but it's very good and very simple to understand. And, and also the Financial Conduct Authority has their own guidance documents as well, which in the UK, the regulator is the Financial Conduct Authority for financial institutions. So any guidance that they release, I would always recommend to be up to date with and to be um, aware of as well. Mm-hmm. And you know what's important is that, uh, as you mentioned here, we also see um, every day there's a new scheme on the market that they try, especially with money laundering. You know, anything from um, using various forms of occupation, whether it be you know, um, something in the in the hair industry or or something in the gaming industry. There's always someone coming with something new, so it's hard to stay abreast and how we can mitigate those um, risk assessments in that area. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely difficult um, with all the new things coming out all the time. I think in terms of um, how to stay up to date, really, I think that there are several ways. It's, and I think but the biggest way and the way I tend to stay up to date is, is really community. We're lucky because there is a big community in the compliance space with WEC, but with also others um, in the UK and within specific industries as well. So I think being part of a community where you can rely on each other to share information, to share updates is really, really important. Um, otherwise, it's almost impossible to... Um, if you're lucky enough to be in a, a large a large organization, you may have a dedicated team, um, but I, I can imagine not many people are lucky um, enough to have that. Very true. <laughs> exactly. Very true. We hear that so often that there's so little money designated for the compliance um, departments as it is, never mind taking it smaller just to AML. Uh, we're really struggling yeah. with, with the with the things that we have. Yeah, exactly. And 
then I think it's also helpful if to use tools. So without, um, I know tools are expensive as well sometimes, but there are several tools out there that keep you up to date and, and you can subscribe to, to keep you up to date, um, with kind of what's going on in the, in the community, in the kind of AML world and, and in the space, um, that I think are definitely useful too. Have you noticed in the UK, um, as here in the United States, because of COVID, that there has been an increase when it comes to shell companies, when it comes to small uh, companies that are not even legally created, but yet they're somehow able to try to um, operate. Have you seen that as well there in the UK? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think the COVID almost um, made it, COVID, you know, had a lot of, there were a lot of issues with, with COVID and and there was definitely an increase in adoption of technology. But with the increase of adoption of technology, there was also an increase in new ways for money laundering to occur. And it's really difficult for firms to stay on top of all the new ways. And so, yeah, we definitely saw it. Um, We also definitely saw um, an increase specifically in fraud as well in the UK. So um, fraud was a big thing. People were at home and spending more time online. So there was a spike in fraud that we definitely saw in the UK. And um, also with, we had governmental loans to help businesses with the COVID. And then there was a, a spike in fraud for those loans as well. So, so definitely an increase. And obviously any fraud then leads to money laundering to then try to um, not make that, that, that those gains from fraud look legitimate. So, so definitely was a problem. And I think we're looking like it's catching up with those guys and trying to really rectify the situation. But as with anything, it keeps increasing. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. And now let's touch for a base. Let's go back to, um, again, you mentioned how you used to be consultant and you, you've worked with a lot of different companies. Now on your own, what risk us AML, how is that affecting the territory? How is that? How are you finding that to be now? Yeah, so I think in terms of obviously when I was in consulting, it was, I was doing a lot of great work with a lot of firms. Our business, we are really helping firms to understand what their risks are in relation to money laundering. And I think that's really important because in the UK and across the world, not, not very specific to the UK, but it's important to take a risk-based approach to your compliance, especially in the anti-money laundering space. And in order to take a risk-based approach, you need to understand what your risks are and the extent of those risks. So we've been really testing our product out with clients and, and they've been using it. And it's been really helpful because they've seen actually what their risks are and where those risks emanate from, whether it's their products, their geographies, their transactions, or even their customers. And then it's allowed them to make informed decisions to then maybe reduce their risks in relation to money laundering, which has been really, really super helpful. So even without the use of my product and and my business, I really do encourage firms to really take a look at their risk assessment and and what that looks like and what that's telling them and the story it's, it's painting of their business to then really be able to make a difference in terms of reducing their risk, reducing money laundering overall. 
Excellent. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's a part of Risk AML, your company, where you really do provide that EDD, that enhanced due diligence, right? You help them to, to see the need for that enhanced due diligence, because if they're not doing uh, pertinent information studies, they could you know, fall into a trap, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. If you don't understand the risks that are present in your business, it's very, very difficult for you to then mitigate those risks or stop those risks from occurring. So, yeah, it's really important to understand the risks that are present, why they're present, and then, then in turn, how to stop those risks from occurring or reduce them. Mm -hmm. So now when it comes to the UK, I guess, and their, um, their legislative uh, laws and, and regulations that's, that's in effect, has there been anything new that came out or anything that they've uh, working towards? Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I think in the UK, we have a lot of changes occurring most of the time in the space of anti-money laundering, which, you know, keeps it interesting and keeps everybody on their toes. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing right now is obviously the crypto space um, is becoming more regulated from an anti-money laundering point of view. So we have a lot of changes there. Um, also, the beneficial ownership and discrepancies of beneficial ownership of entities and how to report on that is, is a big thing that we're watching. Um, I think really, really important is the government in the UK has an economic crime plan and, and how they're tackling it and really what they're focusing on. And that's kind of coming to an end now. And, and hopefully we'll see an update on that and um, how that how that played out and maybe what they're going to focus on in the next few years as well with a new economic crime plan potentially uh, identified confirmed yet from the time we're recording but i think that's um something to watch out for as well oh that sounds interesting thank you for sharing that it's something that we want to keep our ear to the forefront on definitely and and white house like for example in relation to financial crime um i know here and, and probably across the world uh, the financial crime has definitely been on an increase. No matter how we try to combat it, there is new plans that come up, as I mentioned daily. So on the side of the, the compliance officer or the fraud analyst or the those that are in that particular field, do you have any advice for them? What, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think um, you're definitely right. It's, it's really, I think it's a hard job. Um, it's mm -hmm. not an easy job by any stretch mm -hmm. of imagination to to try to stop money laundering, to try to stop fraud or, or any of these financial crimes risks. And I think I got a very good piece of advice very early on in my career, which was um, you really need to celebrate at least doing one thing every day that takes you closer to the goal of reducing money laundering, reducing fraud. Because I think sometimes it, it does seem like a big, big task and something that you'll never be able to really accomplish and that can be quite demotivating um so really what i like to focus on is making sure that every day i have something that i've ticked off that i can say okay i've made a little bit of a difference it may be a small drop in the ocean but it's still a difference to making and will eventually all these little differences will make a huge change so i think that's one piece of advice I'd give is, is just maybe see it like that as opposed to a huge mountain that you'll never be able to climb because eventually we'll all climb it together. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That is really good. That's a nice takeaway. You know, within the compliance industry, we often hear and see that many of the officers are 
uh, they feel the, the, the loneliness. They feel that, you know, there's really not a lot to people to talk to that can understand their plight. Um, here at WEC Global, Women in Ethics and Compliance, we really gravitate towards one another because we know that pain. We know what that feels like. And we do try to support one another to those efforts. When you're finding something and you are the pillar of a company or an organization and you're finding some issues, it, I find it to be a great opportunity to share your technique. And I know in today's society, there's not a lot of sharing going on. Yeah. <laughs> I should say, basically, they only want to share on social media, right? Yeah. <laughs> social media. But when it comes to it, when we're having success, when we're finding something that maybe our peers didn't see or got overlooked, but it led us down the right path, I would like to encourage us to share that, share that pathway. Mm -hmm. How did you get there? You know, um, there are no no wrong sharing possibilities. I like to think yeah. if you find a way that gets you to to uncovering some financial wrong, it should be held accountable and you should be able to bring it to not only to your supervisor, but within networks like this and share your findings as well. Is that something you mm -hmm. would encourage as well? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing um, that has helped me throughout my career is actually the network that I've built of people I've met along the way who now, you know, I'm building my own company. Um, but I have friends who are like all scattered around in different uh, financial institutions in compliance. And we regularly, you know, if we go out for dinner, we'll talk uh, as much as we can, of course, because mm -hmm. we're confidential, but we'll talk about what we've experienced and how we've got over it. Um, if we've had conversations with the regulator, what advice they've given us or what they said. So it really then helps because in the moment, you might think, oh, that will never happen to us, or it's not <laughs> relevant, but mm -hmm. there's so many times where you're like, oh, that conversation I had with that friend or that person, now it makes sense, so I can maybe text them or call them, and, and we can speak about it in more detail, so definitely sharing is, is, is definitely something I would encourage. I think also <laughs> sharing when things go wrong as well, um, to the extent you can, but... Um, People can learn as well from your mistakes. And I like to say that any mistake made um, is not always a bad thing. It's, it's a way to learn. And, and if you can share that learning, it's even better. So I think share when you've done something right, share when you've kind of made a mistake and really get that good group of people behind you. Because to your point, it can be quite lonely sometimes. And then with, only with community can you really get through it and, and really be the best you can be as well um, in the role you're trying to complete. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to visit to the point about, you know, a lot of women are looking maybe for this as a career. Maybe they're thinking yeah. about have this as a career jump or change, or maybe they're in this career already and not quite sure, you know, if it's for them. Yeah. What would you? What advice would you give someone just starting out, maybe in compliance, or or at that point where it's been a little bit rough and they haven't had the answers or the support, and they're not quite sure where to take their professional development at this point? Should they stay with compliance, or should they look at what would you tell them? Yeah, I think that's a huge, a huge question. But I think um, the thing I would say if you're starting out is. It's going to be a long and hard road. I won't sugarcoat it, but I think it's really worth it. It's one of the few roles, I'm sure there's lots of roles, but it's one of those roles that is really rewarding um, every day or 
it can be rewarding. So I think that's one piece of piece of advice I would give. I think if you're thinking about, you know, maybe moving out of compliance, I think it it I I think there's so many transferable skills. I'm not encouraging you to move out of compliance, but I think also it's the beauty of compliance. You are you are learning so many transferable skills. You're right in the heart of businesses, meaning that you you know you get a good insight into other aspects of the business as well. Meaning you can you can go and, and do something else. But I would really encourage you know try to stick at it. It's it's a great and rewarding career. There's so many different avenues within compliance as well, yes. so that you could look at. It's so true. I would say the same thing. I'd have to agree with you 100%. Um, within WEF, one of the things what we try to do is just do that. It, let people see that there's other avenues and industries within compliance. You know, um, anything from oil, uh, manufacturing, aviation, food, health. There are just so many different yeah. uh, areas where compliance does have a touch and reach too. So I also would encourage you, if you are a listener to our program today and you want more information, we can definitely help you get your feet on straight. Between uh, Nabila and myself, we're there for you. Yeah. We want to support you. Definitely. And, and Nabila, I know we're, we are running out of time, but one other quick question for you. How would a person get a hold of you at Risk Assess uh, AML? How do they reach you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, and it's, it's my name, Nabila Begum. Um, I, I hope you'll be able to see how it's spelled in the notes. And um, you can also visit my website at getramel.com. That's G-E-T-R-A-M-L.com. And also you can email me at nabila at getramel.com anytime. I'm really happy to answer any questions. If you want to, you know, put 15 minutes for a coffee, I'm always happy to do that. So a virtual coffee as well. <laughs> so please do reach out if you, if you want to speak. Thank you. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, giving us a little bit of an insight on the UK regulations for AML was something that we don't often hear. And we'd love to have you back another time if that's OK with you. Yeah, of course. Of course. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all so much for joining WEF today. Events like these, you can find us often if you just visit our website at www.wec-global.org. Thank you again, Nabila, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.